0: I don't know if there's a big surprise to anyone who I'm going to pick here, but I got the Nets and the Sixers. Uh, you know, obviously the Nets made a huge splash uh, assembling the greatest offensive hydra. You know what I mean? You cut it off one head, the other one's going to kill you of all time. Uh, you know, not, they're not as bad as the Kings, but they're not necessarily an elite defensive team, but they've made moves. You know they, they even grabbed Andre Roberson. You know, they're like they're they're trying to build that defense back up, and that's clear. And I think they will be uh, looking to make a move to improve that defense when the trade line deadline uh, draws near. But you can't deny the New Jersey Nets and just the firepower. You know, their nine of uh, their last ten. It took a little bit for that to gel. But this is a team leading the NBA in points per game, and it's not that close, 121 points per game. I mean, what more can you say other than the fact that they literally have Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant, you know? And then you throw in the role players who are out there helping spread the floor. And uh, even though DeAndre Jordan isn't the same DeAndre Jordan he was a few years ago in Los Angeles, the guy's a very important piece down low. He's an old school big man who's just going to, you know, play that bodyguard role, role, uh, rim protector role uh, for a bunch of those dudes who kind of need that. I don't know, man. What else is there to say? The Nets are really good. Uh, let's talk about them. Then uh, I don't know. Do you guys have a different prediction or are we all on this net Sixers train?
1: No, I'm on the next Sixers wave hundred percent for the Eastern Conference Why Honestly, I do, I do believe that's who's gonna be in it. Okay. I, I don't think the Sixers are gonna get there. I, I feel like they're gonna find
2: some way to choke again. I feel like it's gonna be Milwaukee, Milwaukee this year. Interesting. Um, really? I think I think if I think if, if they stay healthy, I think Milwaukee can beat uh Philadelphia. I just have no faith in Philadelphia ever finishing.
0: So here's like the thing they, they you got faith need in Milwaukee. To
2: choke. I have more faith in Giannis than I do in, in, in Philadelphia.
0: Okay. here's I think here's...
2: holiday is really big for Milwaukee. He hasn't played a lot this year because of that injury, but I feel like play come playoff time. He'll, it'll be really good for them to have somebody like holiday. And I think the switch from Bledsoe to holiday is going to be such an upgrade okay. in the playoffs now, that they'll be able to kind of overcome their,
0: their usual issues. Now Abbas, boss, this is going to sound confusing, but bear with me. I agree with you and that is why i disagree with you <laughs> all right i have issues with the sixers closing games <clears throat> but i think there's another switch that has been made that i'm more uh, tuned into than the blood for holiday which is an upgrade I, I completely agree with you there however you got doc rivers now instead of brett brown where the sixers would you know trip over their own feet late in games uh, I feel like they kind of lost their identity the last few years. Uh, I remember a game like three or four years ago, they were playing the Nuggets. and I'm like, both these teams are trying to lose this. You know what I mean? Like they would kind of get in their own way. Uh, the offense completely would just start being dysfunctional. I think that the move for Josh Richardson to add Seth Curry uh, gave them some much needed space that they hadn't had since JJ Redick mm-hmm. and uh, Joel Embiid, is, you know, right there in the MVP conversation right now. Uh, You know, you could say he's first or second in that race right now. Uh, But I think that where I completely respect your take on the Milwaukee Bucks, because they've been a team that's been at the top of the Eastern Conference. They got uh, Giannis over there, who's the reigning MVP. I think this is a different monster with the Philadelphia 76ers than we've seen the past few years.
1: And the edge I give Philadelphia over Milwaukee, is the fact that when the game is on the line, granted B isn't a perimeter-oriented, or he is a perimeter-oriented player, let me take that back, because he can't stretch the floor and shoot, but he's more than likely to be the guy that you want posted up on the block in a half-court set with the game on the line, and hopefully you got a, a two-point deficit or you're ahead to where you need a bucket to close. But I believe in Joel Embiid's ability as a closer in late-minute situations more than I do Giannis. And granted, I do think Chris Middleton has done a tremendous job of improving as a playmaker and as, as a creator in isolation situations. However, the lack of having a one that can truly tell everybody to get out the way. I could get my own bucket. I think that's going to be problematic. Granted, Drew Holiday is solid. He's a great two way player. You know, he can knock down spot up shots and he's a great veteran leader to have on your ball club. And I do believe he helped him in the playoffs and be an added upgrade of a so like uh, Adam alluded to in you But when you have a guy like Giannis that's so limited in the in, in in game coming down to half court sets, and not showing a post-up game that's dominant enough to wreak havoc on guys, I just, I just think it's a lot of trouble over there. And I'm, and all my years of watching Milwaukee, I love that team. I love the way they play and everything, but I don't feel like they have an identity truly as, as, a, as a unit right now. I just don't. Like, they just play freestyle, running, dumb. Rex-style ball, and it worked in a regular season, but in the playoffs, you cannot expect to beat things four times out of seven
0: playing that way. You just can't. That's another team that's, they got to prove it too. Yeah. And in, a, in a lot of ways, them. I, I them feel like that's here. the case for
2: every team in the East. I feel like one little thing could go wrong for a lot of these teams that would just because der- like Brooklyn, it's like, you know, they've had these injury issues. If one of those three, not Harden because he's never hurt. But if, like, if KD has an injury, like, even, like, a little thing, it's, like, I don't think they can recover from losing one of them in a, in a playoff series, depending on who they're playing. I mean, the same thing goes for Philadelphia. It's, like, I feel like every time Ben Simmons leaves the court, the defense turns into, like, the freaking Bulls defense. Oh. Uh, and then, like, at Milwaukee, you've, we've already talked about every flaw Milwaukee has. It's Like, I, I don't really know. I feel like so many things have to go right for each of these teams and there's not really that much margin for error. So that's why I kind of take uh, Milwaukee in this in this situation, just for the fact that I, I just don't have faith in, in, in Philadelphia at all. I Maybe do, it's because I have a bias against Philadelphia. It's the same bias I have against Boston. It's like, that's probably a big part of it too. You're just a hater. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I really, I am a hater <laughs> in every way, shape form. Like I'm just a complete hater when it comes to sports. So like that could be a part of it. I hate Philadelphia, and like it, it's very like watching them in the playoffs last year after Simmons wasn't when Simmons wasn't playing. It was a lot of fun because like Embiid is just like you know thirty minutes into the game he's dead. He's like just he goes from post player to mid range jumpers every single time, and it's like all right man, <laughs> if you want to play like Marcus Lamarcus Aldridge in crunch time, that's all you man. <laughs> I do. So think- I, I just have no, I have no faith in Philadelphia. To actually, and like I think it's, it's the end of game situation that really kills me with Philadelphia. Because it's like, dude, if 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 Embiid doesn't have the ball, uh, it's gonna be like Tobias Harris. <laughs> and <laughs> no offense to Tobias Harris, he had a great, he's having a great season. But like he is just every time he would try closing those games last year in the playoffs, it's just hard to watch. They they just don't have, they need a point guard. Meanwhile, Jimmy Butler's they in Miami. Good point. They, they need a point guard who can shoot. Yeah, Jimmy. Like, it's like, dude, if, if Jimmy Butler was on the team instead of Harris, then it's like you have your closer. But I, I always, like, I feel like people always threw it, threw it around uh, the C.J. McCollum on the, on the 76ers. I'm like, dude, that would be a lot of fun to watch uh, C.J. McCollum on the 76ers. I don't know who would be in place of. Probably Harris. Like, I don't know. I still, I, I feel like they need a closer. And I mean, the, the same point goes for Milwaukee, like Gabriel said.
0: Yeah. Philly
1: needs a closer. It, it, I I agree. You you could question Philadelphia having a closer. However, I, I do believe that that's a team that will be very aggressive at the deadline. They got the best record in the East, man. And you know who over there? They're there more, just,
2: dude, it, they, they need to. They need to get Forkon Corkmas off the. <laughs> they need to but, keep him on the bench when the minutes actually matter. That guy is terrible this
1: year. But you know, but you notice know this about you know Daryl Morey never lets a trade deadline go by without making a move. Like they back this time he use this been all but like one year with his man. There there are, look, there are a move. lot of there are a lot of teams
2: that make moves, but it's like I feel like who are you going to make the moves with this year? Orlando
1: <laughs> is, is James Ennis going to save your franchise? Who's selling? Well, like you said, that that's a good point too. But I do believe there's going to be some sellers. A lot of teams bluff too, Abbas. They bluff. I'm sure they, that we they see, But like so many teams hand.
2: are, uh, a lot of teams seem to be wanting to compete right now. But then again, let's see what happens in three weeks. I just hope the Bulls don't don't trade like some of their guys. You know, Thad Young. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> we, they we do love it. our we love our down ballot six man of the year. I don't uh, don't know. I don't know who's, I don't know who it's going to be. I'm sure teams will slip through the cracks depending on like injuries and whatnot. But I don't know. Last year was insane. The trade deadline. Like, I don't think we're going to get something like that this year. year.
0: I'll I'll say this though. You know, even if we disagree on, you know, whether it's going to be Nets Sixers or Nets Bucks, Sixers Bucks in the conference semifinals is going to be lit. That is going to be must-watch television. That's going to seven, no matter what. I'm actually really looking forward to, I mean, I'm assuming it's going to end up
2: this way, but like Miami-Brooklyn in the second round, I think that's going to be a really interesting one as well. I feel like I'm really hoping Boston loses in the first round. Cause it's like, it's just funny to watch these people. Like they're like after, like, it's like flashing back to the, to the Garnett Pierce trade. It's like, Oh man, we're going to win a championship in five years.
0: <laughs> it's just funny to watch to them at
2: like 500 right now.
0: <laughs> Kurt's going to be listening to this in a few days, pulling out his hair, man. He's, <laughs> I, I can already hear my phone buzz. And he's texting me right now. I bet, you know, like, <laughs> I, I'm saying right now when you're listening to this, Kurt, I already know you just texted me. <laughs> 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 yeah, Boston's in a real rough place right now, man. I, I, don't, I, hope I they don't get. Really, swept I don't by, know what. I, I don't know what's going
1: on over there. In the first round, <laughs> they're they fortunate to be in in the fourth spot right now. But like the East is so like it's top heavy. You know who the usual three suspects are, but when you go from four on down, man,
2: it's and like even at, even Indiana without without Warren and now you know Levert having that the whole uh the the lung issue. Like, they would be right there in that, like, four or five spot. But they seem like they're going to fade majorly
0: well, with, like, you know, half they, their team out. They've had a lot of injuries, you know. Like, yeah, Jaylen Brown, uh honestly, has been just so good. So good, you know. Uh And I feel like people are always talking about, like, Jason Tatum. But this is the year of Jalen Brown, baby. You know, like, I've, like, I've, Oklahoma, I've always been behind. Under 25 points a game. Uh, But, you know, Kemba Walker's been inconsistent at times because I don't want to see he's been bad because, like, at times he's been really good. Uh, He he had a decent little stretch here recently. Uh, One dude who I think is uh, underwhelmed substantially, a man who is not the answer down low, is Tristan Thompson, man. He's just not going to get it done. And uh, Gabriel, me and you were having an extensive conversation a couple weeks ago. I was talking about the, the Boston Celtics would be a great uh, team to go after Andre Drummond. That would be a move I'd like to see them make because that's a guy who, you know, doesn't need to have to like they got enough dudes around him. You know what I mean? We talked about Drummond needs the right pieces around him to function because he is a role player. You know, he is essentially going to be your dirty work. Give me 15 rebounds and, you know, give me some putbacks and play some good defense, play some passing lanes. These are all things that would substantially improve the Boston Celtics right now, with, because right now they're asking that of Tristan Thompson and he cannot carry the load.
2: With Drummond, I just, if he
0: go whichever team he goes to,
2: I want that team to match it with Philadelphia in the first round because I want to watch MB drop 40 and 15 on him every single night of a four game sweep. Cause the Drummond Embiid rivalry, the really one-sided rivalry is just very entertaining to watch. They talk a lot of crap to each other, but then at the end of the day, it's always Embiid just dominating Drummond every time. And like, there was like a headline. It's like, um, you know, these teams want, want Drummond to, to match up with like the big men, like, like Embiid. And it's like, I don't know what you mean matching up. <laughs> He's never put up a fight against Joel Embiid. <laughs> so that's that's all I want to see out of Andre Drummond this year. I ain't going to say that one.
1: It, it, they had a battle a couple years ago in Detroit. I remember when Blake exploded for 50. I think Andre had like a twenty fifteen kind of night against Embiid. They got a win. They they had a battles. Brandon Embiid does get the best that, of them. I'm not going to deny that. They, they had their battles. And, and I, I wouldn't mind seeing a, a Andre Drummond land in Boston. However... It's just they, Danny Ainge been keeping his cars
0: close to the vest for the last five years. You got know, all you know. You know, Gabriel. That's because no one oh. wants to trade with Danny Ainge. I don't, but I don't buy it. Danny Ainge, you lost. I don't buy it.
1: I do
0: about it. Think about it, dude. When has no. Danny Ainge oh. ever lost a trade? <laughs> like, he like if, if you trade with Danny Ainge, you are going to wake up and your house is going to be empty. He's going to take you for everything you have. He's going to give you Isaiah Thomas, who has one leg. He's going to take Kyrie Irving. And, like, obviously, Kyrie Irving left, but, like, hey, man, you, could say, but that's you could why say Cleveland. But that's why it didn't
1: work to me. It's like, you, you got Kyrie, but he didn't get him to sign the mag. You you yeah, went out, yeah. out free agency. You went out free agency. You paid Gordon <laughs> Hayward with a lot of money, but Cleveland won that trade. Cleveland won that trade. I mean, uh, look at Colin Sexton.
2: That's true. This is true. Look at Colin that's Sexton, true. The dude, the guy's he's gonna be an All Star in the, the future. For, and, and people forget that. Okay. Forget that. Right. But I, Cleveland, I, Cleveland won that trade. Celtics didn't get anything out of that trade, man. Kyrie <laughs> played for played didn't play in the playoffs, and now he's off in Brooklyn. He's you know on his way to a ring, maybe like. Okay. And, and see, we gotta have that was a big
1: out. We yeah. got to have an honest conversation about Danny. Yeah, he's chewing. It says, Yeah, granted, he's made some big time trades. You know, like he got Kyrie Irving. And yeah, he got Kevin Garnett, you know, what, 12, 13 years ago, and they won a championship. That's really been his hallmark card. Because I feel like he's still he's still riding that OE
0: championship. He really and then is. when but... he traded Kevin Garnett away, he just absolutely he set the Brooklyn that, that's true. back a
1: few years. But, finally, he,
0: now. That's true.
1: He, he got it. You know, he, he got two talented pieces from it in Tatum and Brown. However, you let Anthony Davis, Jimmy Butler, Paul George, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, you had all the pieces in place, especially when Kawhi was on and, the team.
2: And they Kawhi ended up with Kemba He should have made
1: that move. I don't care what nobody say. They should have made that move for Leonard. I they just, ended
2: up with Kemba instead of all those guys.
1: And that's what I'm saying.
2: I that's think what it's I'm hilarious. saying like when, when you
1: hilarious. when you got a chance, when you have a chance to stack the deck you stack the deck. But I guess you know them guys like Larry Bird, Danny Ainge, them guys from the eighties, Pat Ryan, they got their way of doing things. And you know if you ask them to switch it up a little bit, they got a problem with it. I mean that's just the old guard in the NBA. Don't get me wrong; their philosophies have, have, have paid significant dividends, and they've had good success with it. But it's been a changing guard in the NBA now. And a lot of these guys, especially after they the way they did Isaiah Thomas, I don't oh, think they yeah. really we want to ball.
0: Yeah, and now Isaiah Thomas is just begging for a chance. I just had to text Kurt. I'm like, hey man, there's gonna be some good Celtics talk on this next one. You know, Dude, I, I'm looking forward to the
2: future for the Celtics. It's gonna be you know that once they have to give uh, Brown and Tatum those big contracts, they won't be able to afford any any other big superstars or anything.
1: They already uh, got they big contracts.
2: They don't seem – yeah, that's right, right? Because they're both – what, are they both off their rookie deals now? Yeah. No, it's like you. they have no scope for doing anything now unless they trade somebody. And I think it's hilarious. I really. I think, I think it's hilarious. I
1: think, I think somebody between Brown and Theta is getting traded sooner rather than later. I can't pinpoint what date or time, but I do feel like that's happening. No, the
2: Bulls better get on the phone.
1: (laughs) Bulls better get on on the phone, phone, dude. (laughs) A lot of teams better get on the phone.
2: They they better be going after Brown big time. If
1: this team loses in either the first round or conference semifinals, it's gonna be it's gonna be some big time news coming out of Boston this summer. Don't be shocked. I think I think
0: I think you're gonna see a lot of disbandment and you're gonna see a new roster being built. You know what's interesting? I don't know if this is some sort of like cosmic foreshadowing or something weird is going to happen here, but I just went to the ESPN.com trade machine uh, and I pulled up the Orlando magic because I think the perfect fit for the Boston Celtics system would be Nikola Vucevic. And guess what? Nikola Vucevic for some reason at 8:34 mountain standard time on this March, the sixth is not showing up on the Orlando Magic's roster in the trade machine. I wonder if that means, uh, you know, that he's no longer going to be a member of the Magic, some sort of cosmic message we're getting here. Uh, but I think that that guy would be a great fit. Uh, the Celtics, it's like interesting, right? Because they're very close. They don't need that much, but they're so far away. There's a reason none of us had them in the conference final conversation. Hmm. Throw them on the list of disappointments.
1: <laughs> and you know what's so crazy about Boston? Like, if I'm not mistaken, they've been the three out of the last four Eastern Conference Finals. It's like, how close can you get to the Lario B? Yeah. And not make it, man. I mean, if they if they if they don't get if they don't get back to the conference finals this year, I think you're gonna see some a lot of stuff going down in Boston. It's yeah, not- they're
0: gonna have to shake it up. Uh, yeah. let, let's move out west guys let's get a, go to our western conference finals predictions uh, whoever whoever wants to shoot the shot take it Lakers and Jazz. Ooh, okay <laughs> okay spoiler alert Lakers are in my prediction too uh, a boss what about you let's we'll all say our predictions then we'll go through can I give my
2: uh, fake prediction first, and then my real prediction? Let me predict <laughs> because, you know, your prediction. My, let me my, predict my happy, your prediction.
0: You're going to say happy... Blazers Lakers.
2: No, no, I don't even want the Lakers in there. man. <laughs> You're going to say Blazers Suns. If I had it my way, it would be anybody and anybody, as long as it's not the not the Lakers. <laughs> like, <laughs>
0: Like, Bro, look, I'll take you like, you hate the Celtics I'll take like, the Lakers? You're not even taking
2: sides. Dude, I'll take like Warriors-Phoenix. I think that would be amazing. Oh, that would be fun. <laughs> that'd be fun. As long as it's not Lakers versus anybody. But like, I mean, in all honesty, it's, it's probably, I, it, I feel like it depends where the standings end up. I really want to see the Clippers actually put it together because I love watching Kawhi in the playoffs. So I'd love to see Lakers-Clippers. But honestly, the way everybody on that team play is playing right now, outside of Leonard George, I don't think the Clippers are going anywhere. No. Like, it just seems like they, they shoot themselves in the foot continuously, uh, like I can, game after game.
0: I, I don't think Paul George is the answer long-term there. And that's a different conversation. Dude, he's having an amazing season, though.
2: He's having an amazing season. I mean, at least in terms of the efficiency. Uh, the injuries didn't help. Uh, but like, outside of those two, it's like you know, Ibaka has been good, but he hasn't been amazing. Um, Patrick Beverly still doesn't score that much. Nick Batum uh, is been good. Batum, Batum's Batone's been a surprise, sprinting. but it's this like I feel like they're like years. I feel like they're leaning on him a little bit. I just think like I mean like you give Luke Kennard that sixty four million, and he's getting like, you know, dnp DNP. Every every other game by Ty Lue. Yeah, it's weird. It's like, what are you saving him for something? I, he hasn't shown anything all year. like I don't know there. what the heck they're gonna do. I, I don't know what's gonna, gonna happen team. with that team. Yeah. Like I feel like it ends up being Utah, LA, and then the Lakers. Like they're gonna they're gonna do to Utah what LeBron did to Atlanta in what twenty seventeen or eighteen, where it's like everyone's like, oh, let's see how many games this goes to, and it's like, dude, they literally did, lebron didn't have to show up no. like, jr J, J. and larry nance could have done it without him.
0: well <laughs> like,
2: it, it's just pathetic man it's so pathetic that that like nobody it seems to be it may be phoenix but it's like i feel like when phoenix runs into anthony davis it's going to be like davis is just going to be doing whatever whatever he wants
0: well Uh, Who's going to guard? It's like Aiton, and then when Aiton fouls out, it's going to be Kaminsky and (laughs) Saric. Yeah, yeah, you're making a lot of good points (laughs) here, buddy. And it's funny that you mentioned standings, because that's something I put into this, all right? This is something I thought about. Uh, First of all, the Clippers, I want to point out that they look really weak lately, so maybe I'm dealing with a little bit of recency bias as they've lost their last three games. Uh, you know, if they hadn't, they might be the second seed in the West right now. Uh, the Lakers obviously dealing with some injuries, but I expect them to climb back up and be the two seed going into everything. Right. But I look it real quick. If I'm gonna be honest, if you take
2: every game in the play in a seven game series and you start it tied at like 96 with two minutes left and Portland's one of the teams they'll win everything because <laughs> it's like Damian Lillard doesn't know how to miss a shot in, in I knew it was coming this year. I knew you were going to talk like in somehow. dude it's it's like I, I don't see any team stepping up to to the Lakers when it comes down to it it's like there's always like this oh my god they can't play a half court offense it have to go you know they always have to go on fast break they're not gonna be able to beat anybody in half court they won't be able to deal with this mismatch it's like yo I don't it's never mattered for for LeBron so like I don't think I don't think it matters who they play in the conference finals at this point. Okay. Like they're gonna go. I mean, look, the only chance another West team has had was was Houston against Golden State a couple of years ago. Like now LeBron's there. Dude while he still has like legs and can and can run, nobody's gonna beat them.
0: So here's they're, they're,
2: it's too good.
0: LeBron, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's it's the Monstars, bro. They literally, you know who the the uh, second and third best player efficiency ratings of all time are. Here's a hint: they're fucking teammates. All right, Davis and LeBron. Davis and LeBron. <laughs> yeah, LeBron then Davis. Okay, they're good. They're real good. But speaking of player efficiency ratings, have you guys uh, been on my Twitter lately? Have you seen my stat bombs? <laughs> The other night, I found the wildest statistic I have ever seen in my life. All right? So just put on your seatbelts. If you're listening, pull over to the side of the road. If you're driving, you know, take a seat, whatever you need to do. Right now, Nikola Jokic has the highest single season player efficiency rating of all time. At 32, and I'll pull up the decimals because those are important, but Nikola Jokic has the highest player efficiency rating of all time at 32, and why I think that's insane is because you look at Michael Jordan and LeBron James on their career, and they got a... uh, Okay, it went down to uh, 31.54, but LeBron and uh, MJ... LeBron's like 27 and change. MJ's 28 and change. I believe that the Denver Nuggets, despite getting off to a really slow start, they're starting to really figure it out. And I've had my concerns. You guys know this. I've been in the group chat talking shit all year. Like they don't play any defense. They're not legit. They're a pretender. They're not good enough. They're starting to prove me, uh, I guess prove me wrong. And now I'm starting to get my faith back. They beat the hell out of the Bucks the other night. There was no point where that game was in doubt. And that was after winning a very close game against the Bulls. So they go up, you know, the road to Milwaukee after beating the Bulls 118-112 and beat the shit out of the Bucks on the second night of a back-to-back. That is a statement game. They win that game 128 to 97. And I do think that it comes down to a lot of times in the playoffs, it's who's the best damn player on the floor and those teams win. Let's call it the LeBron effect, right? Well, until Nikola Jokic runs against, runs into LeBron James, I think that he will be able to carry the Denver Nuggets uh, throughout the playoff stretch because, you know, they, they beat the Suns back to back. I think they would beat the Utah jazz. I think that would be a damn good series. I think the Nuggets make another move, but when I look at teams who could potentially knock out the Nuggets and stop them, if they're in that four or five area from getting into a rematch in the Western conference finals with the Los Angeles Lakers, who's winning a seven game series, in my opinion, jazz, Nuggets, Nuggets. Who's winning Nuggets Suns Nuggets. Who's winning Lakers Clippers until the Clippers can figure out their issues. The Nuggets. And who's winning the Portland Trailblazers against the Denver Nuggets? Well, we'll see what happens with Yusuf Nurkic and his health, but I'm going Denver Nuggets. And so I can't believe I'm saying this, but that is my prediction. We are gonna have a Western Conference Finals rematch and it's gonna be very much on the shoulders of Nikola Jokic. Now here's the X factor. Everyone talks about Jokic. He's clearly having an MVP type season, but they need either a trade that could possibly involve Victor Oladipo because he would be a very good uh, fit for what they do. And and this trade would involve Gary Harris or so they either need to flip Gary in some pieces because Gary commands a lot of money, which is going to help line him up for a potential player to really play a crucial role as a three and D wing, which they need right now. Mike uh, Will Barton's been solid. You know, he hasn't been as good as last year, but if they can lock up a three and D wing they can really take that next step. But if they don't, then Gary Harris remains your X factor because he is going to be the guy who they're going to put on, you name it, Devin Booker, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell. Uh, And another thing is Jamal Murray was clearly not healthy at the beginning of the year. And you're starting to see Bubble Murray again. He had a 50-burger a few nights ago, you know? And so I'm back in on the Nuggets. And thank you for attending my TED Talk. Someone else may not have the floor. (laughs) I I, I like Denver, but
1: I still have a lot of questions about Denver until the trade deadline is officially complete and I see what moves they made. It's funny you bring up Victor Oladipo because I alluded to that on my Twitter page about a week ago. I I do have an eerie feeling that they are going to see the trade make a deal rather for uh, Victor Oladipo. I just wonder... Who it is exactly that they seek to give up, and I hope that it's not some of the pieces that I would think they could potentially say they don't want any longer. Like I look at Michael Porter Jr. there, right? He has I, to I get think more they minutes. Would not give him up for that because, but I, I'm really just, but I'm just saying, like he has to get more minutes, and yep. his minutes have fluctuated consistently. Time and time again, since he's been in Denver, even in the aftermath of him recovering from his injuries and whatnot due to COVID, it's, it's like you know they Denver is great as they are. They've let a lot of the depth and the strength and numbers that they had no no pun intended because I know that's the Warriors' uh, mantra, but they let a lot of that walk. Malik Beasley, you know. Hernan Gomez and and, and several other players like Jeremy Grant. Like, they they don't have that same depth. However, Nikola Jokic, if there's any guy that I could believe or see having a very big playoff run, it is him. And, yeah, I could see Denver beating Utah. I could see Denver knocking off Phoenix. But when it comes to getting to that Western Conference Finals, yeah, I, I can see a potential rematch, but a lot just has to go right because defensively, they don't seem locked in and engaged. You know, it's like one night they're there, the, the next night they're not. Then Murray, you know, issue. it's just like the bubble Murray, I, I got to see it more consistently. I, I, I trust Nikola Jokic In a lot of ways, this Denver team has kind of taken a place of Houston in the West. They have that one all-time great player, albeit mostly a uh, uh, back-to-the-basket player who can space the floor and, and hit threes. He's shooting like 42% he, this year. That's what I'm saying. Like, he, he yeah. can hit threes. We, I know that. I'm not saying he can but, like, you have this all-time great player, but is his supporting task good enough is my question. Right. And I just don't believe that it is.
0: In, in Gabriel they right. they
1: still don't
2: have a they still don't have a defense first player on that team. Gary Harris. Like, well, like Gary, but like what he plays played nineteen games. Well, that's he's the thing. They never would have healthy really, like clone Gary. He's Harris. Never healthy. The I dude he needs like he needs like the freaking General Grievous body or something oh, if they want to keep him on the court. Well, like he, that's the trade. he he Sorry, never that's the trade piece. Honestly, it's Gary Harris. Yeah, I mean the like they, they don't have I really I don't they don't have that that type of guy, and it's like even like that. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying it, but like even like last year against LA, they could throw plumbly at at Anthony Davis when they needed to. Who yeah. who are they going to throw at him now? Millsap? Hard Hard Anthony to Davis is going to be he's going to be eaten Hard against to. Millsap all day.
0: Like, <laughs> Zeke has no... actually really uh, played some good minutes for them lately, and he's he's turning into more of a role player over there. Uh, Gabriel, I, I want to go back to something you said though. Um, but what was it? Oh, I remember. Yes, yes, yes. You were like, you, you believe in Jokic, but you're unsure about the supporting cast, right? Uh, One person I want to single out in this, and this is guy who's in the most improved player of the year conversation for me. I'm not trying to knock the guy, the guy's shooting 42% from three. Uh, he's a a tremendous talent. He can go get you 15 and 10, uh, half asleep. And that's obviously Michael Porter jr. Now here's my issue with Michael Porter jr. Now let's rewind to who is that game against? Let me refresh my memory. Uh, yeah, the Wizards, okay? So the the Nuggets have a 4 on 1. Michael Porter Jr. all he has to do is cut to the basket. They lose this game 112-110. Jamal Murray can hit that bounce pass, you're going to overtime and you're probably beating the Wizards. The Wizards are a tough team to beat. They're going to beat just about anybody in the NBA these days. They've taken down the Lakers. They've taken down the Clippers. They've taken down the Nuggets. They've taken down the Celtics. They are so hot right now. So it's a tough team to beat, right? But all Michael Porter Jr. needs to do is cut to the damn hoop. And that's where the problem with not really getting to get any run at Mizzou and hardly playing last year he has a low basketball IQ. You can't question his his ability, but it's sometimes you're like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you just go to the hoop. Like, he's extremely talented, and I think that there's, like, time to get back uh, to a higher, get to a higher point in that category, but there are times when I'm watching the Denver Nuggets and I'm like, yo, you are probably the third best player on this team, but what are you doing? And so the that's another X factor there because if they are to make that deep playoff run, Michael Porter jr. Obviously has to be a huge part of that. He has to be a 20 a night guy in the playoffs and he's got to be making smart decisions, especially late in games. That's true. But part of letting young players
1: grow is keeping them out there. Even when they make boneheaded decisions like that. And, I'm not going to say he has a low basketball IQ because I've seen Michael Porter also be a very good off-ball cutter many times and got his money, you know, doing that and and, and crashing a glass for Denver at very important times yeah, like he did in the win on Monday against the Bulls. He came up with a couple of key rebounds late in that win and alongside, of you know, Jamal Murray hitting some big-time shots. And Jamal Murray will take a lot of bold shots, too. He yeah, will. Even, even if – like let's say hypothetically, even if Porter cuts to the basket, because I saw a shot. If I'm not mistaken, when they played against the Bulls, they were up by I want to say two, and they had a three-on-one fast break and, Porter, and he or, pulled up on the weed and he yeah. took he took a three-point shot and he hit it. If I he know, didn't yeah. hit
0: that, I'm pretty sure Mike Malone would have been cussing his ass out on the bench, man. Come on now. And that, that's that's Murray's game, right? He's got huge balls, he's got yeah, take- but
1: in the playoffs, man. U.K. I understand he was hiding a bubble, but if like he's a wild card too. It's just it's, it's a lot of wild cards. And don't get me wrong; but they could come out on certain nights in the playoffs and have a hot night. They could have a big time win and, and have a key performance when the Nuggets needed the most. But I just I, I have to see it to believe it. I believe in the Jokic ever since they've gone to the playoffs and back-to-back seasons. He's improved his game. He's proven that he can be a dominant force inside and out, but I just have to see it with the others. I, I I think he's missing a co-star that could really help that squad get to championship level status.
0: Yeah. Or just a few years, you know, like Murray's obviously still getting there. Uh, Porter could really turn into a perennial all-star, you know, but The thing is, the thing people forget about the Nuggets is they're young. They don't always play young. But really, like, Jokic is 25. Like, this guy's just hitting his prime. They are young. They they, they are young. But this is the thing, too. When
1: you get to – this will be the third straight year in a row they make it to the playoffs that they do in the West. And, And they should with the talent that they have on paper. Once you get the three straight postseason run, you ain't young no more. It is it's it is time now. No disrespect like the because totally I know he's twenty-five, but okay, they, so they're they, experienced.
0: They, yeah, they, they experienced now. Yeah, they bet's now. But but like and they got to the Western Conference Finals last they, year. They're shit. still a younger team, like they're still reaching, like they're still getting better, they're still developing. They're damn they're getting good. better, they they're getting better, but at the
1: same time though, Adam, like when you get the three straight playoffs and you back to the Western Conference Finals, like after you get to the Western Conference Finals, I'm expecting for you to get to the dance. Yeah at, yeah. at that point. Like they like Nicole Yokich is a top five player in the league now. He's an MVP candidate, as you as you just said, like th- th- at this point in time, if, if I'm a reporter, I'm asking him, hey, what y'all gotta do to win a championship? Yeah. Y'all already done won a playoff series. Yeah. Y'all came back from 3-1 twice.
0: No team in the history of the league ever did that. Like all it takes is an Anthony no. Davis sprained ankle. And then yeah. it's Nats Nuggets. <laughs> you,
1: you can't wish for that, man.
0: You, you, oh, I you, don't Wish, wish for it. You, be you, you said, "What does it take?" Yeah. Is? You're right. You're
2: right. <laughs> Look, man oh, a couple man. a couple of those a uh, couple of those uh, you know those game winning threes. Except this time, it's not Mason Plumlee coming over late. That then, hopefully, we don't have to see the Lakers in the finals again. Yeah, we'll I, see. I, I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping for it, man.
0: <laughs> uh, you know, you know, you know that's happening. Let's let's get into. it. Yeah, we've been we've been doing a long show. I think this was destined to be a long show because we are. It's a halftime report. You know, it's a long season. It's a long show. Might have to break into a parter. We'll see. We'll see what I decide to do. How long it comes out. But anyway, uh, let's move into some award predictions. Um, just to recap, uh, you guys want to just go, uh, one last time, tell tell us your uh, uh your predictions, uh, Gabriel then a boss. Uh, for, for the awards. For the conference finals real quick, just to recap. Uh, for, for
1: conference finals in the East, I got Nets and Sixers. And right now in the West, I have Lakers and Jazz. although you know, it all comes down to matchups in that West because that West, it could get real ugly. So it's always some upsets going down in the West. Okay, Abbas.
0: Yeah, if
2: the seeding ends up the way I think it's going to be, I think it'll be Lakers, Clippers, and then
0: Bucks, uh, Nets. Okay, And I'm I'm going uh, Nets, Sixers. I'm going Nuggets, Lakers. All right, moving into the MVP conversation. Abbas, throwing you the rock.
2: Uh, Embiid. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of people like, I mean, I I feel like for a second, LeBron seemed like he was really trying for it as well. Um, But, like, I mean, Philadelphia has been much improved. Embiid has been really improved as well. And, And they seem to kind of flounder without him. So I'd, I'd have to go with Embiid. I mean, I feel like there's always people down the ticket who I love uh, uh, shouting out. Uh, so, like, I think there are other guys who, who I mean, Jokic, of course, uh, LeBron, like I said, even Lillard carrying a team with a bunch of people injured. Uh, I, I Dude, even, honestly, even, like, the Nets, if James Harden didn't get traded to the Nets, I don't think they'd be a top four seed right now with the injuries they've dealt with with, like, KD being out for so long. So, like, the way James Harden's been playing, you could even say he's been an MVP because he seems like, even though he's changed his method of play, the way he's playing in, in, in Brooklyn is just amazing. And what it's like, since he got there, he's, like, 24-12-12. Like, what, what the I... hell? <laughs> like, that, that's such an insane stat line that he's been putting up in Brooklyn and the way, like, he goes from, like, the games when Irving hasn't been playing he turns into like Houston Harden, and then the next game it looks like the transition has been seamless uh, with him coming and playing with Irving. It's like I love that. I think James Harden, the fact that that has been working as well as it had, as well as it has, so early in the pairing, that just I feel like that speaks volumes to to the type of player James Harden is, and I love it. I, I think he should be getting a lot of hype for that MVP, a lot of like you know some some hype later in the season for. For MVP, but like I think, I think Embiid is is the front runner for me for now.
0: I I do love what you're saying about Harden though, because I, it's beautiful to watch. Like when him and Kyrie were basically like, "Yo, I, Kyrie's gonna be the the shooting guard, James gonna be the the point guard," and they're playing to each other's strengths. And it's beautiful basketball. The Nets are damn fun. Gabriel, you look like you were gonna say something there. Yeah, because like Levine you said, huh? the
1: Harden, you're like y'all know he led the league in assists. His first year the Mike D'Antoni, right? When they oh, yeah. I'm not saying it
2: in, like, a negative way. I'm saying, yeah. like, he doesn't have to score every 30. single I get time it. now. Yeah, he definitely um, don't have to do yeah. that no more.
1: Yeah, he don't have to that, do yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I meant shade. by that. With I'm the, not – I'm with the not, two, not With the two nuclear weapons, he got an offense. He definitely got to score 30 no more. All he got to do is yeah. six points a quarter. Yeah. and get like, five assists a quarter. He good.
2: <laughs> I'm not one to throw shade at Harden, at Houston Harden. I loved Houston Harden. I love him now.
1: I know you not, but I just find it so funny as someone who got a chance to cover his last three seasons in Houston, how, and I knew it was going to happen when he got to the Nets as long as they started winning. It's funny to see the narrative and how it shifted. Yeah, You know, on James Harden, how he's going from this guy that was viewed as like a superstar defense to now oh, he's a, the ultimate team player and as first guy. Like, he's always been one of the predominant playmakers in
0: the game. Absolutely. Gabriel, who you got for MVP? I agree with you, Abbas, man.
1: Uh, It it was tough. You know, I wanted to go with LeBron. I think he's had a hell of a season, and he's definitely been giving effort, max effort in the regular season this year for the first time I can say in, like, at least three, four years. But I'm I'm going with Embiid, man. He's on pace to become the first big man since Moses Malone to drop 30 points in the season. And, you know, to put that in deep perspective for you, the the last time that happened
0: was during the
1: eighty one eighty two season when Moses Malone was at Houston.
0: And so Shaq never did that. Never. That's and, that's and, incredible. And, and, and,
1: and he's on pace to, to do that. And you combine and he's second overall in scoring. He's only trailing Bradley Bill in the race for the scoring title. And then you he's averaging eleven and a half rebounds a game. Mm-hmm. I just appreciate the way this guy's playing right now. Like. Showing next level advanced footwork. He's finally becoming that MVP player that me and you, Adam, used to talk about on, on shows at DePaul that he could always be. You know, I always thought he could be an MVP player once he put it all together. He's really, really doing that. Like, whether it's with the one-legged step backs and mini floaters, you know, on the block.
0: The way he took Rudy Gobert to school the other night is crazy. You know, it's funny uh, obviously I'm going Jokic, but it's a two-dog race, right? Like, there's not a wrong answer here. And I talked to all this stuff about player efficiency ratings. Well, you know, Joel Embiid is just fractions behind Jokic in that metric. Nikola Jokic, 31.5. Joel Embiid, 31.1. And so you break down these guys' numbers, and it's it has to be one of these dudes, Nikola Jokic is doing something you talk about, you know. uh, Jokic isn't going to wind up leading the NBA in assists. He was briefly, right? But the last time you had a guy who's putting around nine assists per game from the center position, you have to go back to Wilt Chamberlain in 66-67. And so this is another center uh, who's doing things that have not been done in decades. Now, Embiid... Slight edge on the rebounds, right? He's 11.6 to Nikola Jokic is 11. These guys are neck and neck. They've both expanded their range uh, to becoming elite three-point shooters. Jokic has taken a few more games, slightly higher percentage. He's 41.8 and beats 41.6. I remember last year, well, whatever. It's like COVID times, right? (laughs) Pre-COVID. We're going to start saying PC, pre-COVID, right? Uh me and my good friend you guys of course know Reed Lubin you know me and me and Reed were picking a nuggets game to go see and we had a short list of players we wanted to see matchups we wanted to see and we were fortunate enough to be at the game where Nikola Jokic hit the game winner against Joel Embiid on that fadeaway in Denver just losing our minds it was incredible and um that in is a microcosm of what we're witnessing this season. It's going to be coming down to who between them gets that metaphorical last shot because it's going to be a split because there's not a right or wrong answer. You can say a lot of things when you look at the stats across the board. Like if it all ended today, Embiid is second in points per game. He's fifth in uh, rebounds per game. Now, uh, Jokic... Not always considered, looks like he just dropped out of the top five, but he was in the top five and, well, I think he's still, yeah, 1.6 steals. That's tied for fourth. You know, like now this guy's playing better defense. I think the reason I'm going Jokic was, you know, the numbers I mentioned earlier in the fact that you have uh, such a transcendent talent, a guy who's doing 42% from three, you know, 11 rebounds, nine assists, And, uh, you know, he's had nine triple doubles a few years ago, you know, before the age of the triple double, that would be leading the league for a whole season and then doing that with 27 points per game. Uh, But like I said, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. These guys are both. uh, They're running away with it, frankly, the rest of the field's way behind. So I I agree with both of you uh, in, in Joel Embiid. My pick by narrow margin is going to be Yokich. I think it's going to be really close. Now something we all agree on, LaMelo Ball is the rookie of the year.
2: <laughs> yeah, we. I mean, we don't have to say anything else about it. It's it's like, a, I feel like it's sealed. Unless like unless like Halliburton starts scoring 20 points a game uh, in the second half of the season, uh, I don't think anybody else is, is coming anywhere close. There have been some good, there have been some great rookies, but like uh, Ball has been so much better than everybody and in like this Starring role, sixteen,
0: 16 uh, and he'll
2: be in the playoffs too, probably.
0: Best player on the team, in this, I, you know, he was shooting twenty five percent in Europe. I thought he was that was one of the reasons I was concerned. He's shooting thirty eight percent in the NBA from three.
1: Glad you brought that up, Adam. Yeah, uh, uh, and you know, to add on that, he became the third teenager in in the history of this game to average twenty six and six within a single calendar month. Only LeBron and Luka have ever done that. And all the questions, you know, when it comes to him and his maturity level and his decision-making and defense on the court, he's put it all to bed, man. And I got something coming a couple days from now on that guy that you might want to check out, so just stay tuned.
0: Love to hear that. Uh, We'll start moving through these awards pretty quick. Uh, Another guy I think we all can agree on, Jordan Clarkson, sixth man of the year. Yeah, Locked up. Let's get a a
2: second-place vote for Thad Young.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thadrick Johnson, baby.
2: (laughs) Thadrick Johnson.
0: (laughs) Now, this one, there's a lot of dogs in this. I do think one guy's running away with it, though. uh, Most improved player, uh, Gabriel. I'm going to go with Julius Randle. Great pick. And uh, he's been shooting the lights out,
1: putting up. You know, very efficient numbers. I believe he's shooting over 40% from beyond art. arc. Got to be shooting close to 50% from the field. What he's done is a playmaker on that Knicks roster has uh, been remarkable to watch. And to get them within the thick of the Eastern Conference playoff race, considering everything they've been through over the last several years, and with this team under Tom Thibodeau and these young players, and he made quickly and so forth, I think he deserves some credit, man, and, and some appreciation and his most improved player of the year vote. I typically don't like to give it to lottery picks. Um, so that's another reason, too, why I got to give it to Julius Randle over Jalen Brown. I, I know Jalen Brown is a popular name. Yeah,
2: like, honestly, for me, it's like Randle, Jeremy Grant, or Christian Wood. I feel like it was Christian Wood's to lose before yeah, he, he got did. hurt. And then Jalen Brown, even, it's like, dude, the, the 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 improvements that he has made have been amazing, too. But like, also, he was like, he was there already. I feel like Julius Randall went from like before the season. It was like, oh, he'll be a good trade. He'll be good trade bait around the All Star, around the trade deadline, and now he's like, that yeah, looks like a keeper for for years.
1: Yeah, uh, he's been really I mean. good. So like he's saying say, an MVP for, for in the me, garden for him, man. Did you ever oh, think that would happen?
2: No. <laughs> I mean, like between him and and Jeremy Grant, it's I probably. I mean, I'd probably lean towards Randall because the team is actually good. But, like, it's really close
0: between yeah. him and Grant. I was going to say Jeremy Grant. Gabriel, I'm not going to lie, made me change my mind. You make some great points. And I think another key factor is that he is going to lead his team to the playoffs. Uh, you know, Jeremy Grant, they are not sniffing that. He's the best player on a bad team. He's taken tremendous steps up. He pro- he's proven that he, you know, is deserving of a a very important role. He's a damn good player. But yeah, Julius Randle can give you a triple double or flirt with it on any given night. Um, what else more is there to say? He's helped bring the Knicks back to relevance, which is uh, this is the best they've been in about ten I mean, years.
2: You you dangerous. could even make the case for like like. Like I mean, SGA looks even better this year than last year. I, I don't think you'd say like most improved, but like even like Jokic, compared to last year to this year, he looks like a different player. Embiid looks like a like a such um so much better this year than last year. Like, even like CJ McCollum before he got hurt, he yeah. finally looked like he had he'd really like hit his like you know really like hit his prime prime. Um, I'm like those guys you can make Ivusevich too. He's, like, passing really well this year. His scoring's up, shooting over 40% from three. So there's, like, a lot of guys. But, like, most improved Grant, Randall, and Wood are, like, in my mind, are, like, the top three.
1: I would agree with that. And I think that's fair because those are guys who, you know, while Randall, I believe, was a lottery pick, he wasn't a high lottery pick. And guys, like, that have typically won to award in the past have been, like, Brandon Ingram and so forth. I, I try to give – respect to the guys that really, you know, had to work to get to that stature. And, and, and
2: the Randall team. got like cast aside. I mean, LA to New Orleans, to New York, like he's supposed to be in like the, the cellar, the gutter in New York with the way the Knicks have been. You can yeah. even throw out De'Aaron Fox, who's been amazing this year as well. Uh, it, even I Colin Sexton, even Colin Sexton has looked amazing. He wasn't supposed to be this good this early.
1: Most improved player is always a hard award to gauge, and yeah. there's really no qualification for Yeah, it's always yeah. tough, you know, to gauge that. But it's yeah, a lot of guys that's. He was
0: good last year for sure, mm-hmm. you know, but he's just been like the way he's doing it this year, and the fact that he's doing taking the Knicks to their first playoffs in almost ten years looks like that. That's impressive as hell. Now, defensive player of the year, that's interesting. Uh, I, I don't know. This one's really tight. Uh, Abbas, you got any picks? Honestly, I, I feel like with the way
2: Utah is playing, I feel like Gobert is in the conversation. Yeah. Until, uh, but until then the MB other guy,
0: pushed his the ass other across. guy <laughs>
2: I'm thinking, and even then it's like they're still, what, the third best defensive rating in the league, and, like, Gobert has always been the foundation for that. Then the other guy I was thinking of is Ben Simmons. Like Philadelphia's defense has been really good, and it's not because of Embiid. Embiid is great, but it's not because of Embiid, it's because of Ben Simmons.
0: Yeah, he's kind um, of my front runner right now. It, it other
2: than those two, I, I mean, <sighs> the Lakers' defense is good, but it's not like Anthony Davis has been playing a lot lately. It's like, yeah, maybe LeBron gets, but like, LeBron doesn't seem to really try as much on defense as he used to. Um, even, like, if we're going around the room, it's, like, who else is there that's really been standout on defense? Maybe in Phoenix, but it's, like, who who has been, like, the main guy? I mean, I, I don't really – other than Gobert and Simmons, I don't really see anybody who, like, really shoots off the page okay. in, in terms of, like, defensive player of the year candidate.
1: I think Gobert and Simmons are the top two candidates for the award. And while I understand the argument for Gobert and his valuable services a rim protector, I just think that we forgetting and failing to acknowledge the ability to be able to be a high-level all on-ball defender who can guard multiple positions. And I've seen Ben Simmons guard one through five and lock up night in, night out. And I believe that this is the year he deserves it. I think he was a deserving candidate last year for the award, even though I picked Giannis Antetokounmpo to win it. He was a top three guy. He should should have it this year. Best record in the Eastern Conference. And I agree with you, You know, everybody talked about Embiid's defense, but it's it's Ben that really is the the trendsetter and the the tone uh, setter. Yeah, like, honestly, the only thing that that
2: stood out against Simmons for me is, like, when they played Portland, and this was the first time I have really scrutinized – Simmons on in on-person defense this year Lillard was you know he was having his way a little bit against him he wasn't having his way but he was getting it done but then again that's like the you know it's Damian Lillard that's a yeah, tough assignment though man that's all that, awesome, that was one that was uh and then there was the, the other night I can't remember who it was I was watching them against he got beat a couple times. By a really good perimeter player, but it's like it's a really good perimeter play. It's like it's what we're expecting, right? Yeah. Uh, I feel like Draymond Green has also done an amazing job. Even if Golden State's defense isn't like that top 10 unit, the fact that they have been competent defensively uh, is amazing.
0: Yeah. Speaking of Golden State, you know
2: who
1: should get some votes? You know who should get some votes? I don't think he should win it, but he should get some votes. Andrew Wiggins.
0: Yeah, he's turned into a really good shot blocker, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, honestly, I, I'm right there with you guys. I'm going Simmons. One thing I want to add on him is like the versatility that he brings. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, when you're a six ten point guard, you can guard one through five. And so he's he's gonna be so crucial in the playoffs uh defensively. And you know, like we said earlier, that that Buck Sixers semifinals gonna be much much watch TV. Uh, now, one thing I am sure about is you can take this one to the bank. My coach of the year is Quinn Snyder. The way the Utah Jazz have taken this massive <clears throat> leap forward uh, and the fact that right now at the All-Star break, Utah 27-9 and uh, has won 75% of their games. And they're looking like they're going to be uh, enjoying home court advantage if they somehow do make it past the Lakers, whoever is there, you know, and do make it to the finals. Like that's going to be the team that probably has the best record in the NBA. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, the adjustments to double down to what they're best at and to help find that identity. Uh, The Utah jazz are no longer just like a really good defensive team with a good offense. They are a great offense and a great defense. And the, one of the things about being a great coach is you got to be an architect you got to recognize your pieces and how they come together and you got to build it and he has done everything uh from the blueprint to the construction site in helping that team come together and he has built a hell of a team in Utah yeah Yeah, for me it's like go ahead Gabriel
1: yeah yeah, he has man I mean you can say whatever you want about whether or not You know, you think they can execute in the playoffs, but what they've done in regular season has been second to none. And I think Quinn Snyder's a guy who actually could have had it a couple years ago uh, in the wake of Mitchell's arrival once they lost Gordon Abel. So I think he's well-deserved candidate for it and a recipient of Coach of the Year this year.
2: Yeah, I mean, the other people who I thought are like Monty Williams for sure should get consideration. Dude, even Steve Nash should get consideration for the fact that You've been able to to blend Harden, Irving, and Durant. Obviously, I feel like it's more the players doing that, and the fact that he has some of the best assistant coaches in the league. But like just the fact that they are managing to do that with with that much change is is very impressive.
0: Yeah,
2: Um, even Doc Rivers for how Philadelphia has been, and it compared to the fact that a lot of the team is the same as, as even last year, and how much better they look. Uh, so, like, I feel like there's a lot of guys. But, like, Quint, for me, Quinn Snyder and Monty Williams are, like, the one and two.
0: Okay. Uh, wrapping this up, do you guys have any thoughts you want to share on the uh, All-Star game? Obviously, we're recording an All-Star weekend. Uh, so, while we wrap up, any, any last thoughts on that?
1: Just looking forward to a fun and competitive game. Hopefully, <laughs> everybody, you know, can stay safe and, and COVID-free. I'm glad that it's benefiting historically – black colleges and universities, and in addition to the COVID-19 relief effort. And, uh, you know, while I know it's a lot of debate going around on whether or not guys should be out there, and I, I understand that, not you know, from both perspectives, um, you know, it's a blessing to be able to still have an All-Star weekend considering everything that's happened in the NBA over the last year and just the world in general. Yeah, I think
2: it's going to be it's it's going to be a really interesting weekend. Uh, the only thing, I, the only issue I have with it is like, if this wasn't the plan from the beginning, if they were going to implement it, I feel like they should have given them a longer break because it's like the first games are starting on Wednesday. It's like, dude, if you have to go to the Ulster game, you've had two days. You're probably in Atlanta right now. You're going to leave Monday morning at the earliest. You're going to get Monday, Tuesday, and that's it. Like if they were, if they're gonna do this, the the season shouldn't resume till next weekend at
0: okay. the earliest. Yeah, that's
2: to fair. give them. Because this is like for for like them, this is probably what the hardest season they're ever gonna play. Yeah. Uh. So like, dude, three days is not enough break for 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 them. Like, you got to give them like a week and a half. Give
1: them a little <laughs> In, mental health
2: break. Physically. Give them a week and a half. Give them two weeks. Let them get a nice little intermission to kind of get back into it. I get like maybe like they're not doing that long intermission because they don't want to come back and have like. 30% of the players come back with COVID.
1: But that's like, a great point, Bob. They, they need a, that's they a, need a break. Point. That's they a great a point, especially when you consider they playing every other day and they really haven't too many uh, practices and uh, able to yep. do the playing almost every other day. They definitely could, could use an
0: extended period of uh, break time for sure. I guess, you know, um, this is such a, a non-statement but I, I know a lot of people are very concerned that, you know, oh, it's been forced. Well, it's like, yeah, it has. And so of a lot of things. The bubble was forced last year. It's, it's the nature of the times. And the NBA made this happen. And I don't have an issue with that. You know, like, it's tough decisions. But it's like, this the past, it's March 6th. I remember a year ago. Around this time, we're starting to get worried about this pandemic, right? And we've been between a rock and a hard place for about a year now as Western culture, you know, and so this is just another situation where we're once again between a rock and a hard place. It's hard to do uh, what you got to do, and it's hard to recognize what that is during these times. So... I'm actually going to kind of stick up for the NBA and be like, yeah, well, what did you expect them to do? There's an all-star game. They made it happen. It's not perfect. Nothing is right now, but. All of that though is invalidated. If one player tests positive
2: after this and then the other stars do too, because then you're going to get three weeks of basketball where the best players aren't playing and who wants to, that's yeah, not going to be good for and anybody.
0: That's, that's great. And, and, and every, and that's night. the
2: risk they run. That's right. the risk they run where right. one
0: person gets it
2: and, then everybody's going to it's, like, it's not even like players coming in the, out of this. It's not like they've all been in the same circle. They haven't. Nobody's you know, it's, been in the same So it's that. like if this all spreads, then it's like what? for what? Fourteen of the top thirty players in the league are going to be,
0: that, uh, you know, uh, out for two three weeks. Like, then we're going to find out who the deepest teams are, who can win without the stars. You know who who, who really wild. made the money then? Yeah, no. It, I mean, hey, it's tough. They're they're making it happen. Uh, but I think on, and, and, and yeah, honestly, like you mentioned the money. Yeah. There's too much money to be lost. The NBA is a business and they're going to make it happen because they, they want to make this money. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's a rock and a hard place. Now on a lighter note, Zach Levine is going to win the three point shootout. Uh, he leads the NBA right now in true shooting percentage, uh, at 65.3. That is unheard of. He's going to win it. That's my prediction. He, he had a bad debut last year. But he
2: talked about. He said he's learned, and and he's going to place the money balls better. And yeah, I think he's going to have a great performance because, like, dude, this year he makes every shot. Like he makes those clutch shots. He makes threes that he probably shouldn't make. Uh, And you know, it'd be nice. He'd be what? He'd be the first player in history to win both dunk and three-point contests.
0: No, uh, if he wins the three-point contest this year, has done that. I thought that's what it really. I thought I've been I've been seeing that everywhere. It's like he would be the first to win both of them no brent barry and i feel like one other person gabriel you, you can you help me out here
1: i don't remember off the top of my head but i, I do believe brent
0: was the first yeah I, i'm i'm 90 sure brent barry did it but yeah it's it's rare company for sure all i right. won't bet
1: against Steph, though i will not bet against
0: all right folks any any closing thoughts
1: no, man, it's always a pleasure to always be on that
0: and talking basketball. And I just look
1: forward to a, a great second half of the season. And hopefully, everybody can, you know, come back from Atlanta uh, free of COVID and just ready to hoop and
0: go to work, man. Because be a big time second half. Love it. Uh, and a, a boss, you know, no spoilers, but we look forward to having you uh, on the mic plenty, plenty more uh, in the rest of the season. Uh, it's always a blast recording with you guys and uh, running the triangle offense tonight. i am probably have to split this into two episodes because we went a, a little over two hours, but, you know, we, we gave everything the attention it deserved, and it was a wonderful show, and if you enjoyed the show, please give us a friendly rating on Apple. Uh, that really does help us get more listeners, helps more people discover the show, and uh, help, helps piece keep, keep growing. Uh, we're we're less than a year old, and so uh, I want to thank all the contributors as well as our listeners uh, for listening to Hoopstradamus, contributing to Hoopstradamus, helping us grow this brand. And uh, have a wonderful night. Stay happy. Stay healthy.